The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Damien McLaughlin, Professor of Marketing in UCD Square for Business School with us and also Orla Ryan, News Correspondent with the Journal.ie. And a story that I think has been in the news since September. A little twist on it today. The case of Enoch Burke, the teacher in the Midlands who has been imprisoned for contempt of court. What happened today, please, Orla? Yeah, so basically today, uh, Mr. Justice Connor Dignam said um, that Mr. Burke would have the opportunity next week to plead his case, essentially, as to why he should be allowed out for Christmas. Um, he said, you know, part of the reason he was possibly laying him out for Christmas is the fact that the school in question was going to be closed. So it's not as though um, Enoch could go to the school. Um, but basically, um, Enoch Burke has kind of said now that this is an insult and he thinks there's some kind of ulterior motive and he doesn't want to plead his case. He again has said he's being um, held on justly as, as people will remember um, Enoch refused to um, you know use a, um, a student's pref- preferred pronouns they go by they them Enoch did not like this but that's um, not, but the, that's, reason that's he's not the reason he's in prison basically on foot of this and you know um, an, an altercation uh, with the principal uh, where words were exchanged um, Enoch was banned from attending the school so that's basically the crux of the matter he has refused to not go to the school even though he's being paid while he's been suspended he has said he will go to the school and attempt to to teach if he is allowed out but the judge has now said because the school is closed over Christmas there could be some leeway there to let Enoch out if he agrees to not go to the school and just spend time with his family Enoch is saying this is an insult he doesn't want to do it It's the hearing's not going to be until next week so Enoch may change his mind but as of today he's basically said I don't want to do this Damien he says it's an insult that would appear like an elegant solution to allow him to save face Yeah there's a, there's a, there's a subtle wisdom uh, Matt to, to Ireland and to Irish people but particularly to the judiciary I saw thought this was an opportunity for him to be released and maybe reflect a little bit uh, on the wisdom of his own actions and his own contempt over Christmas, but he seems to have rejected it. Sometimes we admire people from having very high high beliefs and values. This is one which I think everybody's scratching their heads over a little bit. And uh, Because nobody's asking him to reject his beliefs, even if many people would no. feel that they would utterly disagree with that. Yeah. What he's been asked to do is not turn up a school yeah. while a disciplinary process is underway. Yeah, which which um, I think the debate earlier in the week was how long we're going to leave him in there and does he just stay there indefinitely? And it kind of looks like he wants to stay there indefinitely, Matt, by the looks of it. But uh, there's no wisdom in that decision. Although Orla, there are lots of people pointing out, you know, there are criminals who have done terrible things who serve less time in Mountjoy. That is true. Um, but I suppose it's quite this quite simple for him to get out if he says, yes, I won't go to the school. I won't bother people. I will abide by the court order. But yeah. he's refusing to do that. And presumably someone with such Christian values, Christmas is very important to him. You would imagine he'd want to be out and with his family, but he's rejecting that notion today. Okay, um, let's move on to other things. And uh, Donny O'Sullivan has been thrown off Twitter. Kerry's CNN correspondent. Let's hear him, him explain why that's happened. Donny O'Sullivan and CNN's Oliver Dorsey. What did you do that was so bad, Donny? Um, we reported on Elon Musk. We were talking about the world's, well, formerly the world's richest man, uh, world's second richest man uh, who runs Twitter. He uh, has taken particular... Um, uh, he, he, he's, yes, he's been annoyed that there's been this account, which has been active for years now, which tracks uh, the movements of his private jet. Right, but you're not doing that. Why did no, so, you get banned? So we reported how yesterday he shut that account down, and tonight we continue to report on it. He is claiming on social media that um, I and other journalists uh, shared the precise live location of his jet and therefore that's why he kicked us off because we caused danger to him. Certainly in my case I didn't. Uh, we we uh, just 
uh, posted uh, stories about what was happening, him shutting down those accounts. Um, but look, I think the bigger uh, issue here is, of course, this is supposed to be the guy who's the free speech absolutist. Budget order Ryan, Elon Musk says he's the victim of doxing. Can you explain what that is? So basically doxing is when you share a person's information like their address or live location and then that could be used for nefarious purposes like if somebody doesn't like this person they could show up at their house or presumably in the case of Elon's jet show up at whatever airport he's going to touch down in. Um, but as Donny said there he and others did not share this. Um, the the account in question that's been suspended is at Elon Jet, and basically a guy who Runs this. He used publicly, legally available information to, to show where Elon's jet was at any given time. Um, obviously, someone could use that for nefarious purposes, but it was legally available, publicly available information. And the journalists who've been kicked off Twitter didn't even share stuff from that account. They just reported on the fact that Elon changed the rules um, of Twitter's guidelines in terms of sharing a person's live location purposely to kick this guy off Twitter. But what about this argument that Elon Musk has put up that he says that his young son was targeted for an attempted, it seems, attempted maybe kidnapping from the car? Obviously, that's horrendous. That's terrible. Um, But I don't think you can necessarily go off, um, you know, ban um, journalists off Twitter on the back of that. It's not Joni's fault that someone else shared information that led to this happening. That's obviously terrible. If there's children involved, that's not okay. But the fact that he's just kicked all these journalists off and and as he is uh, as he loves to do, he did a poll shortly afterwards saying, "Should I allow these people back on Twitter?" Very quickly, that got to forty three percent yes, which was the highest of any proportion. And then he took the poll down, saying, "Actually, I gave people too many options, so I feel like I'm going to do another poll tomorrow because people disagreed with him and said, "Yeah, that's terrible. What happened to your son?" But no, you should be not booting journalists off Twitter. Damien McLaughlin, I'm really interested because you're a professor of marketing and it strikes me that he's a marketing guru in a sense. He's developed this cult around himself that people buy into his businesses and his personality. But has he gone off the rails? Listen, Matt, I think Elon Musk is a genius. Uh, he's a genius like Henry Ford was a genius. We, we don't know a lot about Henry Ford. We only tend to know one thing about him, that he made all cars black. Because nobody ever talks about him. Because but Henry Ford was pretty extreme right wing well, views as had, well when he, it came to politics and economics. A, he had extraordinary views. Of course, our whole reign he was anti-Semitic. He, I mean, we could go on and on and on. I think it was a nasty like bit this. Of work. He was well. He did some really good things from a social point of view as well. Managed to say in terms of workers' rights and so on. Um, and he got and, much of a free pass in Ireland because of his Irish heritage well, uh, and because he put Ford plants into Cork. And, and we're always happy to ha- help our friends in but Cork, get back, as you know. Get back to the I, Tesla man. The, well, I think you're, you've called out the right thing here. How many people, I see some people on, on, on Twitter saying I'm sending back my Tesla, but nobody's sending back their Teslas. Matt. I, don't think, I don't think it's going to do them any damage at all. People know what they're, what they're dealing with. Sorry, Damien, the other thing about Teslas, he doesn't make them half as quickly as he's made out. The supply of Teslas is way below. Yeah, but one of my and remember, he was once self-driving cars. Forget about that now. It's, it's sort of, there's been a twist and a shift my, as one of, my, one of my colleagues, Stephen Brown from the University of Ulster, said you should torment your customers. They love you for it. The thing I wondered about this one, uh, Matt, is that people have renounced their royal titles, left the country and got a six part Netflix series for less. I wonder, will we have the uh, Elon Musk tortured soul uh, six part Netflix uh, series uh, on the basis of what he's being put through now on his Twitter ownership? And just to say one other thing, he owns the whole of Twitter and he can do whatever the hell he wants with it. 
Uh, I've switched. I'm still on Twitter, you, you but can, I've switched. But uh, if he's saying I'm a free speech absolutist, yeah, nobody, and then as soon nobody, as someone he's like, but he's he's branded himself as such. Free, so then as soon as he's like, actually, I Ireland, don't like that. Free so. speech in Ireland means you can come to the Matt Cooper show and say whatever you want. Free speech. In <laughs> you America. can't say whatever you want. Uh, I'll stop you. <laughs> well, you will, things you will, for course. legal reasons of and taste grounds. But or by whatever. and large, reasonably balanced. RTE is reasonably balanced in America. It's not like that. So free speech means you ha- you, say, you can say anything you want as long as I agree with it. And um, so I think many of us are abandoning Twitter. It's hard to find an alternative, um, but uh, I think he's just written off 44 billion anyhow. So, Damien McLaughlin, Professor of Marketing at UCD Smurfit Business School is with us for the week trending, as is Orla Ryan, news correspondent with the journal.ie. And Orla, can you explain the row that OnPost is having with the UK post office, please? Yeah, so basically the other day, um, the OnPost CEO, David McRedmond, uh, wrote an article in the Financial Times and basically, you know, called out what he said as the UK post office being um, unprepared, saying they've yet to invest in technology that's needed post-Brexit. So basically certain digital codes have to be added onto packages that are sent from the UK to Ireland or for anywhere in the UK or in the EU, really. So they include the contents of the packages and whether or not duty and taxes are prepaid. Um, David McRedmond wrote this op-ed calling out the UK post office saying it's ridiculous that they haven't done this. The UK post office in turn said, actually, the book stops with the Royal Mail. Don't know why you're giving out about us. And, you know, maybe you should have done this privately rather than an op-ed in the Financial Times. So now there's been this back and forth as to who was responsible ultimately. So basically, under new EU rules called Customs 2020, all packages that come from outside the EU need these new codes. Ireland has had to bring them in sooner than the rest of the EU because there's so much postal, you know, connection between Ireland um, and the UK. But basically, there's been a huge number of packages, Irish people ordering things from British shops that end up back at the shop and don't get to the person, which is obviously a big issue before Christmas. Damien, what do you make of this? Well, Matt, just to reassure people, as I have a huge family in the UK, if you're sending a present to your, your granny or your auntie sending you a present from the UK for Christmas, it's probably going to get through, according to David McRedmond. If you're buying something from Amazon.co.uk, you're going to get through because they have the technology in place. This mainly affects you if you're buying from a small retailer. So you're buying from somebody who's like a seller on uh, in the UK. And and uh, the only takeaway you could take is, is really two things. One is this is the Brexit gift that keeps on giving. Thank you very much, Jacob Rees-Mogg. But also, um, wouldn't it be great? A lot of this stuff can be bought from Irish resellers and Irish stores. Might it be great? Uh, if you could buy at home because your stuff is not going to get here before Christmas, you're probably going to be returned to the UK. You may not get it at all because very often you can't even get a refund. So just think carefully. If somebody is promising to deliver before Christmas, chances are it's not going to get here if it's from a smaller operation. So. And sometimes websites are deceptive as well. It looks like you're ordering from Ireland, but you're actually ordering yeah. from the UK or another country. Yeah. Or what's the story about social media influencers not actually owning up that when they're posting. Yeah, so basically um, there's new research from the Competition and Consumer Protection Commission, and people may know them as the CCPC. Uh, So almost half of commercial content that's posted by influencers on places like Instagram is not labelled as advertising. 48.4% of the content that they reviewed. So obviously that's a huge number. Um, Basically, we're all familiar with this, or people who use Instagram in particular are familiar with this. You might follow a certain celebrity or influencer and they say, oh, I'm wearing this lovely jacket from so-and-so they might think that they're just doing it for the good of their health or they're passing on information about this lovely jacket or whatever it is. But very often it is paid content for that person. And if they're not labelling it as an ad, it's against the rules. Damien, this is your well, area of expertise. I'm gonna, I have a quiz, an Elon Musk quiz now for all and I are going to do this quiz. Do you think that Matt Cooper is an influencer? 
or just influential? Influential, I would say. Yeah, see, it's, it's, I think this is the key distinction. If you've got 270,000 followers on Twitter or 100,000 on... 237. Whatever you've got, do you count as an influencer? So if you came on and said, I'm using the new Paco Rabanne or the new whatever it is, Matt, does, does that actually, does that count? I think that's part of the problem here. At what point do you stop becoming a highly fashionable, you know, young person. I think it's a lot of young women, not, not only so women. So basically but you're big ageist. You're saying I'm too old to be an influencer. No, I, I think if you recommended a coat, I might buy it, Matt. Yeah, if you recommend an aftershave, I might buy it. Um, <laughs> but you get, I think part of the problem is when is the boundary between just being a well-networked person that maybe some people know and actually being an influencer? And of course, they receive payment for that. I thought the most interesting thing about this, because if you think about you know, the law, we could get uh, Mr. Rainey in here, Matt, and you could have a debate with him about this. The law re- requi- requires people to complain. Now, I think one of the problems with influencers is that people are quite embarrassed about the idea that I follow an influencer. So they're not actually complaining. They're not saying, my influencer Orla said such and such, but I know she took some money from them and and, and she never said she was an influencer. So I do, do they actually care? Do they actually feel embarrassed they, they, to be following I think they're embarrassed to say that they're influenced. And, and actually, just to get, I know Orla wants to come in, but in the US, about a, I'm going to say 100% of people believe they're influenced by advertising. In, our, in Europe, the number is about 15% because we think we're too smart to be influenced I by advertising. I think with influence as well, it feels more personal. Um, another thing in the CCPC report, they were saying that a lot of people don't view people they, who, who they follow as influencers. They were yeah. kind of saying, no, they're interactive celebrities yeah. and people of interest. Yeah. So it might be, you know, a TV presenter, a sports star, someone who's not, yeah. you know, an Instagram model or an influencer, you know, yeah. in the more classic terms. Yeah. But they kind of say, oh, this is my, you know, this is my friend Matt or, you yeah. know, whoever is, is advertising this or recommending something rather than advertising. Yeah. So I think it's a fine line there. But I don't think, I think, yeah, people aren't going to really complain unless maybe they get a project a product that's dodgy or faulty yeah. and then they kind of go okay well this is my only way of recourse to go to the CCPC yeah. we, have a very, we have a very ethical advertising industry in Ireland and I don't, I'm not saying that because I'm kind of part of it or many of my students it genuinely is and we have many mechanisms to complain through if you're not happy with how you're being influenced whether it's to any kind of communication you should complain uh, but if you want to buy some influence, lots of my students have agencies where they have proper influencers who say we're influencers, comply with all legislation and do a very good job. Damien McLaughlin, Professor of Marketing, UCD Smurfit Business School and Orla Ryan, News Correspondent for the Journal.ie. Thank you both for being with us. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.